0: By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen The Slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor? One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News.
1: Always good to chat with my good friend, David Wiley from the OZ. That's the website you're looking at. If you are indeed watching us, you can find it online at OkanaganZ.com and you can find them on Twitter as well at OkanaganZ. As I uh, say hello once again to my good friend, David Wiley. It's been a while. How are you, my man? Oh, it's great to see you
0: glad that things are good on your end uh you know it's uh starting to get to look like spring um at least the temperatures are the snow on the ground says otherwise but i'm definitely looking forward to the changing seasons man. the sunshine can't come soon enough
1: yeah uh, i here in alberta we're definitely going to disagree on looking like spring i mean I saw rabbit tracks out my window for the first time in like three weeks because we were down to the minus 50, so even the rabbits were burying for uh, warmth. So uh, I'll agree. The sunshine is nice. I'm going to hold off on the spring talk until there's less than three feet of snow outside of my window. But uh, we're here to talk about cannabis, uh, David, and one of the really cool stories that we're going to start with is... Um, bigger as fiscal sales than we were previously told as far as the first full year of legalization. Remember, it started in October of 2018. So fiscal 2019 was even better than we were told. Mm-hmm. Really fascinating tale of two
0: different surveys. Uh, According to Statistics Canada, cannabis sales hit $1.3 billion in fiscal 2019, and that compares to the initial figure of $908 million, which was reported in the calendar year. So it's a, a, a small shift of only a few months but uh, a pretty huge difference in the end of $400 million. And it really is a testament to just how fast the cannabis industry is growing here in Canada. Uh, Seeing the discrepancy, I reached out to the Federal Statistics Agency to try and figure out what was going on uh, with that major difference. And uh, the researcher that I spoke to was similarly surprised, saying that uh, between these two surveys, Uh, they don't normally see a difference that's that large. So this really shows how quickly things are moving. And there are a number of factors that are accelerating that growth here in Canada. We had a lot more cannabis stores open in 2019, and that pace started to increase uh, in early 2020. Um, So with more brick and mortar stores open, there's always more sales because there's more access points. So it's just a simple uh, simple math equation. Uh, as well, we're seeing uh, supply chain development and the pricing of products, which was really increasing and continues. Um, sorry, by which I mean decreasing. It was increasing in its decreases, if you're confused yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've really seen the price go down and become a lot more affordable, uh, especially with the introduction of value brand products and those changes more cannabis 2.0 offerings are really bringing a lot more people into the stores and heck there's more stores open so yeah just amazing difference in those two surveys
1: yeah and it's it's just kind of like following the the breadcrumbs like hansel and gretel right and you look back Mm -hmm. and you get the the count and you're like oh there's a big difference and then you look and you look at the, the the reasons that you just listed so it's not really hard to figure it out but i wonder. Um, does this, do you think change the, uh, the view that people take maybe on the first full fiscal year of cannabis? I mean, I think that's quite a bit of a difference that adds, uh, to the billions instead of the millions. And, you know, there were, there were so many people that were looking and saying this cannabis industry is tanking and it's not going to work. I think this tells a quite a bit different of a story.
0: It really does. I think that people spoke too soon. I.
1: We're as just as
0: humans. We're so fast to poo-poo things, and you know we love to find um, something to criticize. And this just shows uh, just how uh, much sales are increasing, and uh, that cannabis consumers are really being drawn in. And we also have to look at the fact too that just recently um, recreational sales alone surpassed illicit sales, according to StatsCan. Initially last year, the the um, recreational sales, along with medical sales, had passed illicit, and now it's just rec sales. So we're starting to move into a, a really growth phase of uh, of legal
1: cannabis, and we're seeing the product and the pricing that reflects that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people, and, and but by, by no means am I saying the cannabis industry has reached where it wants to go, but there's going to have to be a lot of people <laughs> saying, hey, maybe... Maybe I was wrong by writing off this industry uh, so early on. So good news there. It'll be interesting to see what the second full year and we, as we continue to add more products and things like that as we go. This is also an interesting story that we're going to talk about for number two here. Uh, and this is an article uh, that, that's talking about, you know, who should we be listening to as, uh, as a company? Do we listen to stakeholders, shareholders, or do we listen to consumers and bud tenders?
0: I think that any CEO will tell you that there's quite a balancing act to be had here. You have to keep the shareholders happy. But how do you keep the shareholders happy if you're not making sales and you can't make sales if you're not listening to the consumer? And that's really the crux of what a G-Tech CEO, Norton Singhaven, has to say. He did an interview with Mugglehead and had some down to earth advice. Listen to consumers and bud tenders and not the shareholders. And G-Tech has really been a leader in the cannabis industry with firsts. They were the first to package in glass jars. They're first to list terpene content on their product labels. And now they're the first to launch a legal blunt, which we haven't seen yet, but is coming. Uh, Mm. G-Tech is the parent company of Black Market and Tenzo, two brands of cannabis that you've probably seen in your local store uh, and have really been showing how... Um, good the quality can be, Uh, certainly premium priced as well, but you get what you pay for. G-Tech itself is based in Kelowna, but the growing is done in Alberta uh, through their Alberta Craft Cannabis and those other uh, brands that they have. Um, So Norton basically says that he's not going to be putting money into stock promotion and that he'd rather use that money for brand promotion at G-Tech. And, uh, you know he says that if the product is not up to par that he wants to know and that's where that feedback comes from consumers uh, from the people who are actually uh, you know partaking and purchasing so it's i think that his strategy of listening to people makes perfect sense and uh, if people aren't listening to the consumers then there's a hell of a blind spot there
1: yeah exactly and listen i think um connecting with your bud tenders uh as they mentioned you know you can go out and talk to one bud tender who has talked to how many different people in that day that might be talking about your product so uh, i i think you know as as much as uh, lps want to connect with the consumer um, you do that directly through the bud tenders and it's a, it's a great kind of trickle-down effect as well and you know I know they also have something called the green tech which is their uh, medical uh, patient kind of portal that's very interesting and um, you know they're admitting that they're they're not doing a whole lot with it they're just kind of throwing it out there to see what it does the one thing I, I kind of disagree with in this article and and their stance and I have the the quote up here about you know not wanting to do farm gate sales which which i think is a big miss for LPs that aren't going to get on board with Farmgate. And the one quote they had was from a retail store saying, if you're within so many kilometers of my store, I'm not stocking your product, which I think is the absolute uh backwards way of going about this sort of thing. I mean, you know, you catch more flies with honey. Instead of saying I'm not putting my product on yourself, why don't you say, "Hey, congratulations on your uh, your your farm gate sales there. Uh, make sure you mention that we carry your product when somebody wants more of it because as a consumer, are you going to go for a tour every single time you want to buy?" A three and a half gram something. No, you're not, and you're probably going to have to go for some sort of tour to be able to buy the farm gate. At least you know, I I would imagine. So you go to the the LP, you learn about it. Oh, you want to get that, and I can get it later on at my local retail store. I just think it's a it's a strange way of looking at it, saying. If you're close to me, I'm not stocking it on my shelves. Instead of building a relationship and getting a little bit more, more promotion from from the LP, because I think Farmgate is going to be huge, man. And 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 you know, you guys know better than any anybody uh, in that area that you live in how important those tours and sales and, and 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 that industry can be. You hit the nail on the head. Anyone that lives in a
0: wine region like the Okanagan Valley is understands that wineries do what they do in order to draw people in so that they can see, so that they can create a relationship with that bottle of wine and with the terroir and with the grapes. And if you can do that, if you can show people uh, where uh, something is from and how it's made, then you can build brand loyalty. And that's exactly what this farm gate does. It, people, it allows uh producers to bring people into their facility and show them how things are done. And that will only increase uh, consumer traction when they head back home to to their local shops. And no one is going to go and buy all of their product just straight from the producer. There will always be a strong place in the market for brick and mortar stores.
1: Mm-hmm. It's uh, listen, I just had Jesse Lavoie of Toba grown on my sh- on the, uh, the earlier hour this week. And, and, you know, he's taking the Manitoba government to court on a constitutional challenge to be able to grow because as you know, Manitoba is the only province, Quebec. Uh, they were They were yeah. beaten, but they 've appealed, so you still can 't grow there and and that the government 's argument in Manitoba is well, it might impact retail stores. well, not every citizen is going to be growing i mean these arguments are so <laughs> paper thin, and you know if you 're if you 're buying from a retail store or you 're growing at home you 're still contributing money to the industry and it just it baffles my mind uh, to see some of these excuses so listen i applaud uh, some of the things that gtech is doing i just don't like that kind of argument and and you know the 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 maybe the response from the retail outlets we all need to work together there's enough there's enough division in the world man we can all come together for cannabis can't we <laughs>
0: you know everyone wants to protect their little
1: bit of market share but won't anyone think of the consumer? yeah 100%, 100%, yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah you you're that you nailed that one hundred percent right there all right let's get to this uh, third story now and and you know i've been fairly critical of the drinks that are out there on the market. there are some good ones, but I haven't been overly impressed like I have with uh the concentrates um you know some of the, most of the edibles and obviously flour. the drinks still to me haven't gotten to that high level, but there is one company, what can you tell us about Canna and what they're doing? And, you know, you're not
0: alone in not overly enjoying the beverages. They're actually really an untapped market right now in Canada. They're the the least used cannabis category for both men and women, uh, only seven and five percent respectively. Um, so Cana is new to the game, they just received their Health Canada Standard Processing license, and now they're in a market that's populated by heavy hitters. You got Molson Coors, you got Constellation Brands, but again, these companies, uh, like we just said, haven't really been able to hit the mark. Now, Bev Canada has really, uh, has some interesting, uh, unique qualities about it. Part of it is just the scale at what they're doing. They are one of the largest uh, manufacturers straight out of the gate of these beverages and uh, are are able to produce uh, just an enormous amount of drinks. But they also have um, a partnership with uh, one of the main U.S. beverage uh, brands called Keefe. So they'll be producing Keefe beverages here in Canada and uh, that's going to give us an opportunity to try out something that's already been market tested in the us that's already ha- gone through its paces and uh, had a chance to hear feedback from customers so uh you know i have high hopes that it's going to be something that's a little different from what we're seeing right now uh, another big step that they're making is they're closing an acquisition um of naturo group inc and they manufacture trace mineral infused beverages. And Naturo was also founded by Bev Cana CEO Marcello Leone. Um, and that's uh, their facility, their $37 million in assets, which includes a 40,000 square foot beverage manufacturing facility, uh, is included in that, as well as exclusive rights to the spring water aquifer and 315 acres of cultiv- cultivable land. So, yeah. This company is really positioned to grow in a sector of the market that that seems to be a bit stagnant here in Canada, but really has an opportunity to expand
1: well and they can do it on so many levels like you mentioned the the, the size and you know the the amount that they can do uh, and they can also accommodate uh, some of the more smaller craft brands that they you know, they work with in, in like with white label products so they they're really able to work on both ends in the uh, in the industry
0: they are, and they can also do things um, you know, on a, on a larger scale and a, in a different variety. So their current facility is actually capable of um, producing aluminum and glass form factors, so cans and bottles basically, that would be available in different sizes and custom shapes. Um, so they'll have a chance to really brand um, using the look of the bottle or the look of the can. Uh, we've talked about this before with some of the other products and the, uh, the challenges that they have with branding just because of how strict those uh, marketing regulations are. So any little edge when it comes to what a product looks like can very much help it stand out in, in a market right now.
1: And they're also uh, working really hard and hoping that the uh, Health Canada regulations and uh, change and uh, maybe there can be yeah. uh, different sizes and, and the amount of beverages. And you and I have talked about that in the in the past. Uh, it'd be nice to go pick up a six-pack, right? That's it.
0: And the really big thing about the regulation change that companies like Bev Canna uh, and the Valens Company are looking for is a change in how CBD is regulated because these 2.0, 3.0 products are really going to go for the health and wellness space. Um, so if you're able to uh, sell and market CBD in a way that's less regulated, uh, similar to a way that's done in the States, I mean, they can, like we've talked about, they you can go to your gas station and pick up your can of Coke uh, and your CBD chapstick, right? Um, so that's something that cannabis companies here are very interested in seeing health Canada move toward.
1: Okay. Let's wrap up with uh, a really fun story and one that I'm really excited about. And, uh, I love the, uh, the title on the website, which we're going to get to in a second, but <laughs> the weed must go on and you, uh, and a great team have produced another wonderful magazine that people can read online and at some point in their hands. You bet. Yeah, our, our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed.
0: And Volume 1, Issue 2 of the OZ Magazine is at the printer. And I'm hoping to have uh, some copies in my hands early next week. The uh, digital edition of the magazine is going to be available, uh, fingers crossed, today online. So if you go to uh, okadogaz.com you'll be able to see it. Now, this has been uh, a lot of work, but, you know, labor of love. As, as people say, it's a cliche, but uh, my goodness, it's true. If you don't love something as much as I love this, it would never happen. Um, this is actually one of the few independent print publications about cannabis and the only one produced here in the Okanagan. Uh, one of the best reads, I got to say, in this edition is actually written by you, Dean. You're <laughs> featured as the last hit. And that's the final column that uh, we try to leave the reader with a lingering insight or thought. And your piece is such an interesting read about the future of cannabis and sports. I love the way that you intro the article and really painted a picture of of the benefits that cannabis can have to athletes that are trying to recover from an injury. So, uh, yeah, hats off to you and kudos. I'm really uh, happy to have you as part of this awesome project.
1: Well, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I, I, I do have a background in television and radio. I tried to get into print journalism, but they wouldn't let me into Red River College. So this is my revenge, Red River College. I'm actually writing articles now, but in all seriousness, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I truly believe that, uh, listen, I've covered uh, enough professional sports teams to know that a lot of times, and, and it is changing, But guys get on the plane and they grab their, uh, you know, their Jack and Coke or their 612 pack, whatever, and they pound it. And then they, they use. Um, you know whatever opiate uh, the, the doctors have been given. So I would really like to see that sports world transition to where you know maybe on the plane guys are grabbing something else, and and down the road for injury pain pain relief. Uh, the 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 sports world is littered with stories uh, of broken families because of opiate addictions and death. And and I think uh, cannabis and not just THC. You know the the tagline on the show is not just about getting high; it's about getting healthy. So whether it's THC. CBD, or some of the other uh, you know molecules and things about the plant that we don't know yet. Um, we're going to learn, and, and the sports world needs to get on board. I think some of them are. Kudos to the NBA. They didn't test in the bubble uh, last year in the playoffs. They're not testing again. Um, the NHL, there's some information in that article as well. So some leagues are starting to really look at it, and um, I, I, I'm just wondering— I, I I'm just wondering what will be the first league that fully embraces cannabis as not just not testing for it but as in uh, an approved uh, pain reliever and things like that. Yeah
0: we can only we can only wait and see, but uh, I think you're right the future the future of uh of, of health and wellness in sports definitely involves things like c b d uh, and different ways of recovering, ways to to ditch the pills. Uh, if if we can get athletes off of that uh that terrible uh cycle then awesome i'm all for it so thanks thanks for being part of this and you know i love uh i love working with you and talking to you and and uh yeah just hanging out
1: oh man thanks for the opportunity to do that and i look forward to being able to do it a little bit more and i can't wait to get the magazine in my hands and get it out to some of the uh the retail stores here in uh, my neck of the woods. Uh, For more information, people can head to okanaganzee.com. There's the website up there with the beautiful shots of uh, the valley and then some of the great stuff that they have going on. So check it out, okanaganzee.com, and follow them on Twitter at Okanaganzee. Thanks as always, David. Can't wait to catch up next week. Great to see you.